You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What is going on, you guys? Hope that you are having a wonderful week. We are continuing our series through Higher Plans. This is a sub-series of Threads, the year-long series that we're doing as a Faith Chapel family. Uh, Last week, we talked about being empowered through the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you missed that one, you can check that out on last week's episode of the podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about the concept of redemption. And redemption is defined as this in the dictionary. It says, the action of saving or being saved from sin error or evil, or the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing of a debt. I often look up definitions of words according to our dictionary, and rarely are they overtly spiritual, but I love that the word redemption just goes straight to Jesus. This is a huge indicator that redemption is at the center of the story of Jesus. It's at the center of our story as well. And the passage I want to look at this week is found in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet um, in the Old Testament, and we're going to be in chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 1, it says this, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down at once to the potter's house. There I will reveal my words to you. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working away at the wheel. The first question I want to ask this week is, are we willing to go to hear the word of God? Are we willing to go to hear the word of God? Too often we want God to give us the plan before we actually have to move. Sometimes God is asking us to start moving before he lays the whole plan out. A lot of us want to see what the whole picture looks like, but sometimes we have to move first. And without question, there are moments in our lives where we need to stop and we need to be willing to pause we, we regularly are moving a thousand miles an hour, so I totally understand that, that there are those moments that we need to stop and we need to pause to hear the word of God. And, and we often don't take time to listen, and that is incredibly dangerous. But it's also dangerous if we just stop and we become passive. And sometimes that's, that's what we, we hear phrases like, oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Yes, like 100%, there are seasons where we need to wait on the Lord, we need to pause, we need to be willing to listen. But sometimes we use waiting on the Lord as an excuse for passivity, to stop and become complacent with where we are at. We must, be, we must pause, we must be willing to sit in the presence of Jesus to figure out where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. But there are also things that we already know that he's called all of us to do. That while there are individual callings, there are collective callings too. That is to go and make disciples, to love people towards Jesus, to make heaven crowded. And while we might not always have the specifics of how we're individually supposed to, to live that out for the next decades of our lives, we do know that in our current circumstance, we can still be people who are moving. We don't have to sit down, shut down. We can be active in the waiting. So can we be obedient to those things, living them out while listening for direction on what to do next? I'll use this analogy. I think about this is that that when you go somewhere that you haven't been before, usually a bigger city, uh, Billings, Montana, where we're at, um, you don't usually need to use your maps app. But when you go to big places, we just went to Orlando. Um, we had to use our maps app. And when you plug in a destination, it doesn't just rattle off 73 things that you need to do to get to the place that you are going. What it does is it tells you just the next thing. It says in three miles, take a right here. It doesn't tell you the whole trip at once. We wouldn't love to get everything at once and be like, okay, now we need to remember every single turn and every single merge and every single thing that we are supposed to do. 
we want one step at a time when it comes to getting to a destination, but with God, we want the whole thing laid out for us. Would we be people who are willing to move, to take one step at a time, to listen to the directions of God and say, okay, now I want you to do this. Okay, I will do that without knowing what's next. Would we be people who are willing to be happy with one step at a time? Because what we love is that even when we miss the one step, what happens in the Maps app when you are miss, when you miss one turn? Redirecting, redirecting, redirecting. And God will do that with us. If we miss the turn, God will redirect us. We will get to our destination. It might look a little bit different, but God is willing to redirect us. God doesn't cancel the destination. He just helps us find a new way to get there. We just have to be willing to keep moving. So are we willing to go, are we willing to move in order to hear the word of God? So then verse 4 of Jeremiah chapter 18 says this, But the jar that he was making from the clay became flawed in the potter's hand, so he made it into another jar as it seemed right for him to do. The next point is this, is that imperfection is normal. Imperfection is normal. We have bought into the lie that perfection is the expectation. Perfection is not the expectation. I think about my son Maddox. He's nine years old. He's been playing different sports over the last four years. And, um, this, this last season he played basketball and it's the first time that he was playing a sport. Like he played soccer and like, I can play soccer, but I was never great at soccer. Um, but when he's playing basketball, like that's what I played up in high school. And, and I, um, I was like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. And I just remember going and shooting hoops here at the church and we have these two hoops out in our parking lot and, and we're shooting. And, and what preceded this is that Maddox started to watch these basketball games with me, whether it be college ball or, or NBA. And you just saw these guys who are absolutely unbelievable. They're out of this world. So his expectation is like that. He's like, I am going to be that. I'm nine years old. I'm four foot tall, but I am going to be somebody who's going to dunk. I'm going to be like, that's just like his expectation. So we get out, we start shooting around. He doesn't make the first shot. He doesn't make the second shot. He like rattles in the third shot, but he's just, he's hurling the ball up there. He's hurling the ball up there and he gets frustrated and he wants to quit because what he saw was his expectation, but what reality was, was not meeting that expectation. And I had to, to talk him through it and I had to say, Hey buddy, it's okay. Like there's, there's steps here. There's steps here. There's a process to becoming what you want to do. And I just wonder how often we do that. How often does God tell us that, that we just need to keep working, that, that we need to be willing to keep going, to keep moving? God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for willingness. And even when we are hesitant, he is patient. Like Look at the story of Moses. He's, Moses is called. He's super hesitant to do the thing that God wants him to do, and God still uses it. He's patient with him. And even when we're sinful, he's forgiving. Look at David. Look at David and Bathsheba. Look at, look at Peter as he denies Jesus right before the cross, and yet Jesus is still patient. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for willingness. We must stop looking at why we are not and start looking at why he is. We are flawed. We are imperfect, but we have to understand the truth that this isn't about us. This is about him. It's not about the clay. It's about the potter. Scripture goes on to say, verse, verses 5 through 6, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, house of Israel, can I not treat you as the potter treats his clay? This is the Lord's declaration. Just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. 
God declares, this is the Lord's declaration. God declares this over Israel. He declares it over you and he declares it over me as well. We are always able to be saved. That's the next point is that we are always able to be saved. It can be really easy for us to believe that we are far removed from the hand of God when the truth is we are right in the middle of it. He can renew us. He can remake us, that that he is the potter, we are the clay, that there is nothing that we can do that would make it so he is unable to, to renew and restore and remake who we have become. The question is, are we clay that is willing to be remade? We tend to find ourselves in situations where we are unhappy with the fact that life is not going the way we thought it would or that we are not the people that we thought we would be, yet we simultaneously have this posture of stubbornness and unwillingness to be, mod- to be molded into what God wants us to be. So we, we can't be people who are like, well, God, do what you do, and yet we are unwilling to be molded, that we are unwilling and we are stubborn. You see, We have to be willing to surrender. God is not going to force his will upon us. God loves us enough to allow us to make our own decisions, even when the result is brokenness, even when the result is the drying of the clay, even when the result is cracking of the foundation, God is not going to force us to do anything. He loves us so much because he chooses us. I want to speak that over you today, that he chose you. He chooses you. He continues to do that. And that should feel good. But now that we understand and the hope that we understand that God chooses us, would we also understand that he loves when we choose him, that he is not going to force us to choose him, but he loves when we do. Even in our mess, we can choose him and he will take the clay that is our life and he will create something beautiful, but we have to be willing to be remade. We have to be clay that is moldable. The story goes on to say, or the, the, the analogy goes on to say in verses seven through 10 in the parable, it says this. At one moment, I might announce concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will uproot, tear down, and destroy it. However, if that nation about which I have made the announcement turns turns from its evil, I will relent concerning their disaster. I had planned to do it at another time. I might announce concerning a nation and a kingdom that I'll build it up and I'll plant it. However, if it does evil in my sight by not listening to me, I'll also relent concerning the good I had said I would do to it. You see, we, we, have a, we serve a God of forgiveness. And that's the next point is that we serve a God of forgiveness. We forget that way too often. He's also a God of justice, and we forget that too. It's a God of forgiveness and a God of justice. Relenting seem, simply means to change one's mind. It's a call for us to always be intentional about becoming, about becoming, about being in process. Would we be people who understand that God will forgive the brokenness and he will also hold us to standards so that we, we cannot be people who say, I love God, and then we don't live our lives that way, that he's going to be a God who relents, but he's going to be a God who also holds us accountable to the things that he has called us to. It's a process, and we can be okay with being people in process. God's not looking for perfection. Remember that. He's looking for people who are in process, who are willing to become a little bit more like him every single day. This can be this misconception that God has already deemed you unworthy. He has deemed me unworthy or too far gone or unfixable or lost, etc., etc., etc. And yet scripture is very clear that God, even in the Old Testament, even in, even in the Old Testament where we have a hard time seeing the judgment of God, that he is a God who is willing to forgive, that he is a God who is willing to relent about entire nations. So why do we give weight to the idea that he's already deemed us individuals as too messed up? Why do we give weight to that? God is looking 
to relent. He's looking to change his mind. He's looking to, to be someone who is constantly forgiving, who is holding us accountable, but he's always going to forgive our mistakes. Can I maybe challenge our thought process this week? That if we are going to think about the finality of anything when it comes to Jesus, would we think about the finality of the decision that he made on the cross? That he decided once and for all that you and I were in fact worth it. That, he, that we are worth it. He, he made that final decision on the cross. He went to the cross and died a death, sacrificed his life saying yes again and again and again. Yes, yes, yes. He is worth it. She is worth it. If we believe that God has made a final determination, would that determination be that he calls us beloved, that he calls us son, that he calls us daughter? That is is the final determination. The final determination is not that we are too far gone, but the final determination is that he wants nothing more than to draw us in close. I love this parable. I think that this parable holds a ton of meaning, and this this parable took on new meaning for me when I was a young adult, when I was in college. And uh, in college, I took a pottery class with my wife, Larissa. She was my girlfriend at the time. And I just remember uh, how overwhelmed I was in this pottery class, one, our teacher was like a, she was crazy. She was like a super expert savant. Like, I, I don't know. Like she would, she wasn't even a really great teacher because she would just be like, this is how you do it. Roop. And then she, there's a bowl. And then two seconds later, there's a cup and two seconds later is a vase. And you're just like, what is happening? This is crazy. She was so, so good. I was not, I was terrible. I was terrible. Larissa, not shockingly, was good at it. I was terrible at it. I couldn't even identify the things I was making regularly. I'll never forget this time that I was on the wheel, and uh, I had this clay, and I had put too much water on it, and then I had kind of a lead foot on the pedal of this wheel that's spinning, and, and so I push it down, and the, the wheel starts to spin so fast, and I'm trying to pull it up into this vase, and so like it, it's, just, <laughs> it's just a disaster, and I just remember it starts to whip and whip and whip, and then it just flies off the wheel, and it crashes into this other girl's wheel. It destroys whatever she was trying to make. It was just... It was an ab- so embarrassing and, and funny at the same time and just a, a complete disaster. It was, it was a really good representation of, of my entire semester of trying to do pottery. And I remember our teacher walked over, picked up the clay, looked at it, and said, this is salvageable. We can make this into something. It's still good. And she threw it back on the wheel and said, hey, let's work on it. And, and I just think that it's such a, an amazing representation. I remember this story coming to life as I was thinking about this, this parable that, that the prophet Jeremiah uses. And, and I was just like, man, this is so good. So can we just end with this? Can we just look at the elements of the potter in his wheel? And can we, can we just think about how this applies to our lives just on this practical level? Let us not overcomplicate it, but think about this is that Jesus is the potter. We are the clay. We know that. Then we have water. If you if you want to make something, you have to add water, not too much water, the right amount of water. You can't let the clay get dry. You have to have some water on it for it to be moldable, for it to do those things. And water means that the, the, we have to be people who are willing to water our lives through scripture, through prayer, through community, that we are constantly being filled up, that we would be finding balance in our life, that while we have to live our lives in the world, we also have to set apart time to live in the midst of the presence of Jesus and those following him as well, in community, in worship, in scripture, would we be people who find ourselves moldable through the water that is being applied to our lives. And then we look at this wheel 
this wheel that we're on, and that's just life, and life moves. And sometimes it moves at the right speed, and sometimes it moves at the wrong speed. Sometimes it's going too slow, and sometimes it's going way too fast. But the fact of the matter is this, is that life has to happen for us to be formed. If you look at a potter on a potter's wheel and the, the wheel is spinning, for it to, to be molded by the potter's hands, the, the spinning, the centrifugal force, like all of the things that are happening in that moment, the, the hands just have to touch one area and all of a sudden the impression just goes and all of a sudden what's a ball becomes a bowl or what be, what's a bowl becomes a vase or whatever you may see is, is that life is required the spinning and the friction of life is required for us to be formed but even if on the wheel we are formed into what looks like a bowl or a cup or a vase or whatever you may be looking to make it still has to be put in the kiln for it to actually be usable and I think for a lot of us, we like the idea of being formed and there's something beautiful in that moment. But the idea of being refined by fire, by struggle, by life's hardships, by valleys and mountaintops and all of the things that happen, we don't like that. But for us to truly serve our purpose, for us to be able to hold water, for us to serve people around us, we have to be willing to be put through the fire and that looks different for all of us but would we understand that sometimes it requires high heat for us to be solidified so would we look at this parable over and over and over again and thank god that he is a god who is constantly looking at us and saying i can use that i can make that work and would we be people who are moldable would be people who are willing to to surrender our lives to god actually doing the molding because even when life happens even when we get thrown off the wheel and it feels like we have to start over, Jesus looks at us and says, I can save that. I already did, and I will continue to do just that every single day. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.